Mike Galaxy here with Burst Chorus Noise. On this installment, we take a spin with No Doubt's hour-long masterpiece, Tragic Kingdom. So let's get to it. Tragic Kingdom is the third and most successful album by the Anaheim, California, New Wave ska revivalist, No Doubt. The album was recorded in 11 studios from 1993 through 1995 and was finally released on Interscope and Trauma Records on October 10th of 95. Produced by Matthew Wilder, Known for his 80s hit Break My Stride, Tragic Kingdom would spawn seven hit singles for the next four years, including Don't Speak, which remained number one on Billboard's Hot 100 for 16 consecutive weeks. The album charted top 10 in over 25 countries while conquering the number one spot in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and others. I caught up with my old friend Tony Ferguson, who discovered and signed the band to newly created label Interscope Records in 1990. Well, I um, was invited to a lunch at a William Morris agency and came out of the lunch and a young agent from there walked up to me with a cassette. I said, I, you know, I'm representing this band here from Orange County. They're young, up and coming. They're a little different from what's going on right now. Uh, do you want to see them? So we make an arrangement. I'll go and see them. I quite like the tape. But it reminded me of Selector, Madness, the specials, which I grew up with in England. So that whole uh, punk, new music, new wave kind of thing that Americans had with it, um, I was right in the middle of that with Stiff Records. I worked with Stiff Records. I had Lena Lovich, Reckless Eric, uh, Elvis Costello, and all the rest of them. So I was familiar with the music, and I really liked what they were trying to do because they really played well. The drummer and the bass player were obviously really working on their tightness. They rehearsed incessantly. They had about 25 songs written and more ideas coming in. And I liked them. And I went to the show and it was packed. There was a line around the block. And I arranged a meeting. I went to uh, Interscope Records, who I was working with at the time, to Jimmy Ivey. And I said, you know, I really like this band. Maybe we could do a little deal. I set up a, an audition, actually, the SIR, and Jimmy Iving came down and Ted Field from the label came down, and they said, okay, we really like it. We like her. We like Gwen Stefani. Because at the time, the only thing that was really making any noise was Madonna still. There wasn't a hell of a lot going on in the pop chart. So in the end, we started to go to a small deal, um, enough to buy a van and go into a modest studio, and start working. We did the first No Doubt album, which was uh, done with Dido Godwin, who produced it. Did a pretty good job. But the band learned a lot from it. But doing rehearsals is one thing. Then going in the studio and listening to back what you've been rehearsing can be a, a shock. So they made a lot of changes to the arrangements and working on their playing and tightness. And there was a two-year gap between No Doubt record coming out. That did well. It sold about 20,000, 25,000 locally, which got a lot of people's attention, enough to make it chart. But a lot of people didn't really gravitate to them because of the Scar influence. They just thought it was a novelty dance band. I brought in Matthew Wilder because we had the green light with the little success that we had locally with the first No Doubt album. It gave us a chance to make another album and a little bit more money to play with. Not a lot, but enough to make a good album. And we spent uh, a lot of time looking for producers. And then uh, it was Nigel Harrison from Blondie, the bass player of Blondie, that called me up one day and said, hey, I love this band, no doubt. 
have you ever thought of Matthew Wilder as a producer? And I said, no, as a writer, but not as a producer. Anyway, it ended up I met Matthew Wilder and we got on like a house on fire. And Matthew basically said to me, I really, really want to produce anything. So he came down to take a look at the band. They did a show at the Troubadour. So they met each other and they got on pretty well. But at that point, the band had looked at so many possible producers, but they loved his pop credentials, his writing, arranging abilities that he had. Uh, They just didn't know about him as a producer. So I said, you know, well, let's just try. What do you got to lose? You want a record out? We need a record. You've got the material. You're reaching to go. Let's go. So God bless him, Matthew. We did a deal. So then I made the record. The one song that really popped out was the ballad, which was uh, Don't Speak. I was convinced that that is, that is the number one song for somebody, but it, it's a ballad. You can't pop a, you know, really a, a band, a, a dance reggae, you know, blue band and come out with a song like that. It's too early. You've got to establish the band, you know, a little bit more. When Matthew played me Just a Girl and said, I'm going to tell you what I think about this up front. I think this is the first single. And I said, all right. And he played it for me. We played it again, and I said, yeah, you're right, because it establishes her in her lyric as being who she is, and it sets the whole album up and the whole vibe of the band up. The label wasn't enchanted with the record, shall I say, and... Uh, they had done a deal with an independent labor called Trauma Records, and I took it to Trauma. I had a meeting, and as luck would have it, also in the meeting, in the room, was the number one radio station, K-Rock, Kevin Weatherly. And we played the song Just a Girl, and he said, I know this band. And then Trauma said, what do you think, to Kevin Weatherly? And Kevin Weatherly says, well... They got a big following, and this song sounds great. So then everything went at warp speed. Trauma got in touch with Interscope Records. Interscope Records cut a deal for No Doubt to be signed to Trauma through Interscope Records. So they pushed like crazy. And it's arguable whether it would have been so big if it wasn't for their massive input. I guess my biggest thrill was being at the Philadelphia Stadium, a huge stadium, about 80,000, I think it is, or something like that. Seeing No Doubt on stage at a festival there with everybody jump pogoing up and down, 80,000 people singing along with Just a Girl was pretty wild. And that concludes this installment of Verse Chorus Noise. I want to thank Tony Ferguson and all my listeners and supporters. We'll see you next time.